The Blokebusters Podcast is a proud member of the Pod Bros Network, where you can find us as well as other excellent podcasts such as Sarcasm City, Worst Millennials, and Late Night Gamers at podbros.com. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Blokebusters Podcast. Tonight's story is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. Today we are canceling the apocalypse! Wait a minute, wait a minute, you ain't heard nothing yet. And uh, this is? Lilu Dallas Multipass. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Houston, we have a problem. Have you tried turning it off and on again? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here, this is the war room. Now, where was I? Welcome to episode 115 of the Blokebusters podcast. I'm Paul, and today I'm joined once again by my good friend Pat. How you doing? Doing all good. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me back on. <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> yes, getting a bit too comfortable there, apparently. Just... I guess I am. You know, so it's a uh, late night in the, in the evening. You start to lose cognitive ability. You know, all that fun jazz. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who needs sleep, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So today we're going to be talking about, depending on um, exactly how you want to go about it, it's Alita Battle Angel, which is based on Battle Angel Alita. So it can be either way. I'm probably going to end up saying Battle Angel Alita if it it comes up, because that's just how I read it. So, uh, (laughs) uh, But before we get that sort of stuff out of the way, uh, we'll do... The uh, nitty gritty that we normally do. So, if you want to get a hold of us about anything that is said in this episode or in previous episodes, or you want to hear in a future episodes, then just get a hold of us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's Blokebusters. You can go to blokebusters.com and check out our nice little website there. You can go to podbros.com, check our little presence out there, as well as some of the other great podcasts that we got there. And uh, if you like what you hear and want to support us in a monetary way, it would be very, very nice of you. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast, and even just a dollar a month helps keep the light on around here. So, uh, yeah, very much appreciated if you would be willing. And I think that's about it for now. So, may as well dive right into Alita. So, uh <laughs> Directed by Robert Rodriguez, with a budget of $170 million, and a box office worldwide of $394,045,732 US dollars, and 20% of that is domestic within the US. <laughs> and I'm honestly a little surprised that it's that low. In America? Yeah, because mostly because of the people attached to it. Is it? Do you know what I mean? I yeah, I'm not surprised uh, that an anime adaptation didn't no, do I, phenomenal I'd numbers. I still say like even with the the the, the, the starts the 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 directorial alignment, all the people attached to this project, they they really didn't push that part of it a lot. And even still, like those people haven't done anything relevant in quite some time to where people were like, "Yeah, I would want to watch something about that guy." Because when you tell me that the director is uh, Robert Rodriguez, I go, "Oh, the guy from Spy Kids." <laughs> <laughs> See, like I know that's dumb because I know I've seen him do a bunch of good stuff. But it's like that's where my mind goes. Like, oh yeah, Spy Kids. Wait, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I remember when the trailers first started coming out and it was uh, it was being pushed as uh, James Cameron sort of presenting Robert Rodriguez directing Battle Angel Alita. So it was, and it was co-written by James Cameron. So it's, it's kind of interesting that I think I saw that trailer and I saw a follow-up trailer and I was like, okay, I'm, I know I'm going to go and see this just because of the aesthetic. But yeah, I, I guess I didn't think that most people, they're not focusing on, oh, okay, so this is sort of, you know, this is being produced by James Cameron, directed by someone who can do some good work. And it's a subject matter that a lot of people won't know. So, <laughs> yeah. Anime I, project that's been adapted that people don't know? What? I know. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so, yeah, I... I think, I think this will be an interesting one to talk about. So, uh, I think so too. <laughs> so, may as well cover the main cast of this. Uh, you've got uh, Rosa Salazar as Alita, uh, Christoph Waltz as Doctor Dyson Edo, Kian Johnson, and I was saying before we recorded, I'm moderately confident I've got that name pronounced correctly as Hugo, and. Uh, Mahershala Ali as Vector, and uh, yeah, I, it was interesting to see him pop up because I only know him from Netflix at this point. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I've seen it. I I don't know him just from Netflix. I've seen him in a bunch of productions, but I've never seen him. He usually just does small roles, but he's generally a pretty solid actor. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I I knew him from Luke Cage. Yeah, he and was uh, he was. Uh, <laughs> Very good as Cottonmouth in that, and uh, he's also in House of Cards, and uh, those are the only things that I've seen him in. Although technically, I have seen the Hunger Games film, so mm-hmm. I've seen him in that, but I don't remember him in those at all. So, <laughs> so I can't count those. But yeah, it he he does do some uh, some very good work in his. Uh, uh, in the things he's cast in, uh, and the other one to really point out, uh, Ed Screen. So you know he was got, great. Yeah, we got Francis back. Um, he's uh, he's playing Zapan, which uh, <laughs> I will admit I misheard the first time they said his name. And I was like, they've just got a character called Japan. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, th- there's a few uncredited roles in this. Which, really? Uh, I only remember the, like, right at the end. I'm not going to spoil it until we get to it, but that one, the final reveal, like, oh, oh, that's a pretty big cameo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, uh, well, I won't mention that one just yet then, but the yeah, other two, the... <laughs> uh, you got Michelle Rodriguez, and okay. she is someone called Gelda, who is the person that is basically training and leading Alita. Oh, okay. That's her. And um, Jai Courtney is one of the motorball champions. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of a random thing. I did not catch those at all when when I was on there. But uh, but all right. So, yes, uh, I may as well start here by saying, so what was your... uh, your initial thoughts going in to see this. Can I be honest, honest? Yeah, go ahead. That's the whole I didn't want to see this thing at all. 
<laughs> Everything about this movie was screamed like I was going to have a terrible time. So the um, like none of the the marketing or anything like that, none of that appealed to you none when you saw it. None of it appealed to me. I wasn't even a fan of the source material. I kept looking at this and going, oh, this looks like the worst possible thing you could have put your money towards. <laughs> Especially when they reveal, like, okay, here's all these heavy CGI characters, and then we're going to have our main lead actor. Like, oh, my word, why are you doing anime eyes? Why? <laughs> this is this is not bode well for you. Which is, like, really, really weird, because if you look at the main actress, she does look like her. You didn't have to exaggerate her. I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, even after finish, I, I'll save uh, my follow-up comments about the movie. Till, but I look at the main actress and I look at Alita and I still am absolutely baffled as to like why they... I appreciate the, 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 the director and the team wanting to stick to accuracy of the character, but the person they got looked almost like her, so why do we have to exaggerate her face? <laughs> that I'll leave it at that. I'll leave my comment there. Oh, okay. Uh, and for myself, yeah, I had never read uh, Battle Angel Alita or Gunm, as it's known in the original uh, Japanese. And I probably mispronounced that, but it's G-U-N-N-M. It's the, uh, the title over there. But like, pretty much everything about this is the sort of thing I'm interested in. So really? you've, I mean, you've obviously got the uh, the sci-fi stuff, which is great. Uh, I especially love the source of future that you find a lot in Japanese manga, where it's the very dystopian version of the future. There's always someone that made off really well, but the manga stuff almost always focuses on the people that have been downtrodden and are just trying to survive in this uh, in this world that is not made for them anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also has a kind of steampunky element. It's not exactly steampunk, but it's, it kind of feels like that. And I'm quite into that sort of stuff as well. And uh, you've also got uh, like androids fighting other androids. And so you can uh, just visually, you can get away with a lot of stuff that if it were a human ripping another human's arm off, like it would be an instant R rating. You wouldn't be able to like show much, but you can really. Can get we the... talk about that for a sec? Yes, you want to. This this movie for being PG thirteen is probably is shockingly gory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I was quite shocked. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that guy just ripped it in half, like in blood, or like the quote, blood, and guts flying everywhere. I'm like, wow, you got away with a lot for a PG-13. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's the thing. It's, like, it's very much the fact that we know that almost all of the characters in this film are either effectively immortal or they are just in robot bodies. So you can get away with mutilating them because you're not mutilating them you're mutilating a shell effectively like to, mm-hmm. to borrow from Ghost in the shell there you're, you're just destroying some robotic parts now realistically yeah it, it's still you know it's still a bad thing it's still 
heavy on the violence. It, it is technically gory, as you point out, like when you have the, the the fluid and stuff flying. It's just not red, so it doesn't give that visceral feeling that blood does when you see that going. So, but it, yes, <laughs> they definitely got away with more, as I figured they would, uh, and they still managed to keep it as PG thirteen. Although, I still I still don't fully understand the the systems like, over here because. Compare it to Europe versus America. There are so many different things that Europe are like. Yeah, that's fine. But when violence starts getting involved, you then so what's then it rated overseas? Because I know, like in America, like this is like yeah, this is violence, whatever. So they let this pass. But mm-hmm. like I know overseas, like shooting and violence like that gets really censored. So like, is like the British community not British community uh, over in like the London community got kind of, like a harsher rating? Well, you know, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, let me do a quick check here. Um, if I can, I'm trying to try to find out uh, what the rating is outside of the US. And uh, it's apparently kind of difficult to do so. Unless this website will load up. But, uh, but yeah, it, re- it really is. It's a 12A. So, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, for anyone that needs a refresher on the ratings... Uh, in the UK, you have U for Universal, PG, Parental Guidance, and then 12A means anyone under the age of 12 needs to come with an adult. And anyone over the age of 12 can see it by themselves. Then you have 15, which means you need to be 15 or older, and you have 18, which means you need to be 18 or older. Mm. And and you yeah, you cannot get into a 15 or an 18 if you're under those ages, under any circumstances. So. So it's equivalent to what we got over here. That's just kind, that's kind of interesting. Of, although over here you can like you can take your five year old to see an R rated film as long as you're older than eighteen. It's that's not the problem with that. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. Like when I went to see Deadpool, there were people in there that were watching it with their you know eight year old kids. It's like this is not the right place for you, but. Clearly, they were just like, no, we'll just take them because I want to see the film. Whereas in in England, if you show up wanting to watch Deadpool with your eight-year-old kids, they're going to say, no. <laughs> Sorry, that person is clearly not 18. They're not getting it. So, as it should be, to be perfectly frank. <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, th- this film, as I was saying, most of what I was seeing in the trailers made me realize like this is the sort of film I'm going to want to see. Now, I had no idea if it was going to be a film that I would thoroughly enjoy from beginning to end or if it would look the same as it did in the trailer because there have been many times where you see a trailer and you go, oh, that looks fun. And then you see the film and you go, oh, no, no, what what happened? Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I think we can probably just get into the film now then. You can, put, yeah. you can work out whether or not we enjoyed it from there. So uh, what would you like to talk about first? Anything jumping to mind? I want to start with uh, the atmosphere that they set up right off the bat. Okay. Uh, just for the fact that like, it opens up on that whole junkyard scene like <laughs> really i would like to just dive into the discussion of the manga versus the show the, the movie but i didn't know if that you're okay with the move to that subject matter so let, let's put that kind of in the middle 
Yeah, okay. For now. But, like, the thing I'd like to just point out is, like, I was just surprised how I got... So, like, right off the bat, I really went into this movie with a lot of negative feelings. And surprisingly, right from the get-go, they I really got into um, how they really humanized this story right off the bat with him finding the you know the head and then just taking it back to his workshop and then working it from there. For some reason, like just the way they set that whole scene up, I was thinking like this is going to be cheesy as crap and all that. But they really took it very seriously. And I can really commend them. Like I actually was like really believing like this guy was just like, I just found this and I just want to bring her back. You know, I'm not trying to be weird or anything. I just thought I just found her and I want to see if she's, I found that she's alive and I'm going to try to give her a body. So I was just surprised how off the bat that uh, for me coming in with a lot of negative thoughts, I was surprised like how quickly I got put into the right mode of like, all right, I'm drawn into these two characters. I'm in for what you're going to show me now. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I, I really enjoyed it just watching because it, it's one of those things where if it were many other directors, I think you would have seen the entire Great War mm-hmm. as like a, a five minute beginning of the film thing. And then like sort of some sort of big explosion, fate or white. And then you would have cut to him finding the body and all of that sort of stuff. And then you realize, oh, this is a long time past that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we we basically figure out what happened as Alita does, and we yeah. just get to see the we get to see the world through her eyes. I, I thought that was that was really nice and a bit of a change of pace from how how a lot of films are these days. What? How are they today? Where they just spoon feed you everything and all that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. It's interesting, I, and I do think that a lot of the the Marvel films and the way that those are going, I think it's starting to change it back so that people are realizing, oh, we don't need to give audiences everything up front now. Like, mm-hmm. They're actually willing to sit and wait a little bit. <laughs> and, and but I now... think there has to be a fine balance of that. Like, you, oh, you yeah. know, and I think that the movie, like you were getting it, like this movie really did... Um know how to pace out the information in ways that were believable. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you you are discovering like she has this moment and she starts to remember stuff, but they don't spend enough time. Like you get that little snippet, but that snippet's enough to where like, okay, you've teased me, but, and it's wanting me to find out more, but I'm okay with what you gave me. Yeah. Now we're like, dad, God, I'm so annoyed. You only showed me this much. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's just, and you get to see the little flashes that she remembers as time goes on, things start to remind her. And you know, very much like I would assume someone with amnesia would would start to be able to get their memories back. It's things being in the same sort of scenarios and it's like, oh, like that triggered something. Like, yeah, Never having had amnesia, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but that feels organic. So it was uh, it was nice to to see and uh, uh, I I think I'll touch on the thing that you brought up where you were not really enjoying uh, at the very least to start with I don't know if you changed your your mind on it at all when you were watching the film but 
to the way that they had the eyes for Alita. Like, I think having read some of the manga now, I can see that, uh, yes, they started off with someone that looks very similar to Alita anyway, but it felt like they were really, really trying to be like, okay, look, this is Alita from the manga. Like, this is her. Because the having now read some of the manga, the eyes in the manga are exactly the eyes that you see on screen. So I, I, I was okay with it anyway, even before having read the manga, because it was like, oh, well, she's clearly not human. And that's the way of distinguishing it. It was like, you know, the, there's something off about but her. The, I, the, so I, I did it kind of, uh, as we keep talking, I did enjoy the movie. And, but what really throws me for a loop, though, is like, okay, you, we are dedicated solely to Alita looking like her character from the, the source material, which is good and commendable, and I appreciate that. But then, like, the other characters, uh, they took a lot of creative liberties, and I was perfectly okay with those creative liberties, though. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's that's why I'm, like, I'm jarred on, like, what things that we decide to be super, super accurate on and certain things where, like, yeah, we'll do creative liberties here and there. Yeah, and I, I do think that, uh, uh, at least uh, in my opinion, as I, as I was saying, I think that one other aspect of having her with these giant eyes is that it's then obvious to everyone else that she's not fully human or something like that. So there's something different about her. And that is another hook that makes people interested in her and being like, oh, Okay, well, you know, she's not human. She's clearly a cyborg, and then that plays into. But we're that. in the world of cyborgs, though. Yeah. There, are, there are hundreds of cyborgs in this movie. <laughs> oh, yes, we are, and and that's the thing. All of those cyborgs are okay, not all of them, because some of them quite clearly aren't, <laughs> aren't really human. <laughs> but all of them have very human characteristics to them, <laughs> and I, and I felt that having the eyes, as well as being a brilliant nod to the to the source material is another way of showing, okay, she, she is different because you know, all of the other uh, androids or cyborgs and all of that, they all have at least human eyes and generally human faces for the most part. And, uh, and she just has the giant eyes. So it's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> and I can get behind that, 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 I can get behind you on that. It's just for me, it was still too jarring. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully, I fully admit, it is a little odd even now to see anime eyes on screen. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're sort of expecting the word senpai to come out of her mouth at some point. <laughs> Nissan, Nissan. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> That would be creepy. She's just a Nissan Senpai-san. Like, no, no, stop. Yeah, this is not okay. No, where's this going now? What are we doing? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We've entered the dark hell of of, of anime. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, one, uh, one thing that I was going to say that I felt every single trailer I saw was able to completely keep it a surprise which was uh, Christoph Waltz's character actually being a bounty hunter. Yeah! Uh, they, the, they, did, they actually surprised me when you really think about it. They didn't spoil a ton from the movie. No, they, they had 
they even have the scene where he's going up against the the robot that's basically just knives effectively mm-hmm. um and you don't see the giant hammer that he's got <laughs> in the scene you don't see any of that you you just get you just get to hear him yell to Elita to run and I thought that was a really cool reveal. I knew nothing about that. Yeah. So it was really cool to see. I just thought the the fight scenes in this movie, despite how you may come away feeling, you can't deny these fight scenes are damn impressive. Oh, yes. They are. They're they're gorgeous to watch. They really are. You're like, wow, we've come a long way with animation. Yeah, and it's like, uh, whoa! I even spent the extra dollar to see it in three D. Oh my! <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I I was a little worried, like having seen the the trailer, and there's a point in the trailer where it's like, oh, that's clearly made for the three D audiences, which is when the uh, the guy is firing the the chains towards her and like you see her diving through them and it's like, oh okay, chains coming at you, typical three D type thing. But uh, again, I think three D's going a good way now where rather than having the gimmick of, ooh, it's coming at you. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> it's now more depth of field and just trying to get that more rich texture to the screen. Mm-hmm. And I thought it did it really well, and they had a couple of bits where you know, things are coming at at you, but it wasn't directly into your eyes. It was just coming towards the edge of the screen type thing. So it was. I thought it was money well spent for me. Now I did go and see a matinee show, which means that it wasn't as expensive as it would have been if I'd gone at you know three o'clock on a Saturday. So. Uh, you got the cheaper deal than I did. I went and saw it for $12, and I was the only person in the theater. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yeah, my ticket was half that. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. I, I did have a day off in the middle of the week, so that probably helped. <laughs> dang you, dang you. No, that's all right. <laughs> uh, the perks of working in the school. <laughs> I work for the county, man. I get I get days off too. I just haven't we haven't had any holidays lately. <laughs> See, I I feel like this film visually is just stunning to watch, and I think it's going to be. Yeah, I can't I can't fight you on that one. It's like <laughs> visually, they the atmosphere nailed it. Yeah. It's. It's got it's for a movie that's essentially a very brown and gray. They really make it pop, and it doesn't feel like you're like each scene and each part of the movie doesn't feel out of place. They feel like it truly feels like an interconnected world. Yeah, <laughs> and you're not like oh we're we're now in this just new set. Like when you get to a new part of the area, it's like yeah I can believe this is part of one cohesive world with the colors and the lighting and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, they've got very clear, defined styles to each area. I mean, you've you've got the area which is just where all of the the humans live, and that's got a fairly, I don't want to say, like, whitewash over it, but it's got that filter to it that makes it just just look a little bit gritty. 
Uh, and then when you go into like the saloon, that's got that sort of a darker tint to it. And then um, when she drops down to to fight with uh, the uh, oh, what was his name, uh, Grishka, I believe was how you said his name. Um, creepy bulky dude. Yeah, basically. When uh, <laughs> you went to fight creepy bulky dude, and you were down in this area that. Clearly, no one had really been in, and it was kind of lost to the ages, as it were. That there was a very interesting, uh, like a lot of deep blues and stuff down there mm. that you didn't really see anywhere else. So, yeah, yeah, they they, they really for, knew how to use their color palettes for for an underground fight. Like they really, I was curious, like okay, how are they gonna do this part? But like they had the perfect ambient lighting. Like it was still dark enough. Like yeah, you're you're in a bunch of tunnels, so you're not gonna have a ton of good light. But they still knew how to light the scene well, so that you could enjoy what was happening on screen. It was yeah. semi-believable, like given the the massive fight that was going on and how epic it is to see like someone stab a person in the eye with a robot arm. Yeah, with your own arm, just like yeah, there we go. Yeah, it was. Uh, it it is really cool to watch, and it's kind of the same. Uh, it definitely reminded me of the uh, the nineteen ninety five Ghost in the Shell anime mm-hmm. when you have her fighting that giant spider robot and you know, her limbs oh, yeah. are starting to come off and stuff. So that that's what that fight really stirred in me when I was watching it, and it was it was really cool to see, especially when she starts just using her one arm to stand. Yeah, it's like wow. It, it's clear she's she's still still willing to give it her all to fight back, even though she's down to one limb. <laughs> they made her really spunky. I was very surprised at uh, the the character in herself. Like for a cyborg with amnesia, like I really was curious if they were going to go with the robot discovering her humanity right off the bat. She had a lot of her humanity, a lot of her grit, a lot of her, she had a lot, a lot of well-defined character traits right off the bat. Yeah. And it was interesting as well. Cause one thing we say spoilers, could we say that, but spoilers <laughs> for the whole thing. Uh, so we find out that she's technically from Mars, uh, but she has a human brain. So I'm That's the just, only human part of her, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, the, the only, the only like human part of her that's left is the brain uh, that was fully intact inside this shell that she was found in. So, and they never explain it in the film, but I can only assume that some humans migrate to Mars, and then there's a schism of some kind which leads to the fights and the the Great War of and. The fall, I believe, is uh, what is known. Well, when we get to the manga, I, I did a little research on the the. There's apparently like three parts of the story. Ah, okay. So, yeah. So the adventures continue in the manga, um, but yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty much. Uh, but yeah, so and they don't cover that at all in the film, which again I was okay with. It's like, well, you, like you that, know. they were setting it up. You know, we we got the we got the the flashes here and there. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know this sort of thing happened, and I think through through understanding that Elisa is slash was human, but we find out well she was fighting on the other side. So it's like, okay, clearly there's 
way more here than we're going to end up getting. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was cool just uh, just to see all of this come together. Like, <laughs> and okay, aside from Alita, uh, just in general, because obviously, you know, fantastic character and all that. Who was your favorite cyborg character in the film? Oh, the guy with the Damascus sword. At Japan. Yeah. One, I just like that actor. I think he really, really embodied that whole just like, (laughs) just jerk for a jerk's sake. Like he really embodied that, what that character was. And it seemed like for, he went over the top with his acting, but I felt like it wasn't out of place. Like he was like that's how that kind of character would have been, how he would have been acting. Like I really bought he was like a villain in that movie. Yeah. Like I I had a lot of fun. And not only that, I loved his design for his back. Like, man, that's a cool like design to his whole body. Yeah. The, fight, the fact that like the only human part of him was his face. <laughs> yes. His perfect face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, again, gory moment. Like, that guy's face got sliced off. Yeah. It's not even, like, slightly. Like, his tongue is just hanging out of his face as his face is laying on the floor. Like, oh, my word. <laughs> that got gritty real fast. Yeah, although it's, uh, yeah, it's got uh, holding your face in your hands. It's yeah. a completely different meaning now. <laughs> well, it just makes you... I, it makes me wonder if he'll come back or something like that. I don't know, but that's uh, you know, that's a... possibly. I mean, I I don't know if they've allowed any form of sequel. I don't know either. Like I'm well, not even one hundred percent sure where they would go with that. Well, there's plenty of source material. There's still like there's nine books in the whole series, and as far as I can tell, they adapted the first three. I can't yeah. tell. I'm I just started three, so right. Yeah, no, but, uh, I think. But, I'm... Halfway through two at the moment, maybe. Ah. Uh, so, like, for sequels and stuff, like, uh, I think that there's a strong possibility that will be a sequel just from the overseas box office. Like, if Pacific Rim could get a sequel <laughs> based on uh, overseas market and based on the budget, like, they've doubled their budget, so... Yeah, I don't and, know. and that's just it, so far. Even, that's not even with... Uh, like home box office and stuff once that starts coming out. So, so I think that there'll be a sequel, and I kind of hope there is. But you know, that's yeah, I, I hope so because uh, and they've announced they've apparently announced that they have plans for Alita: Battle Angel two, mm-hmm. and the casting of the other person that we haven't mentioned yet in yeah. the non-speaking role was intended to be a setup for the sequel. Which so, I kind of want to see him in that role, but we'll get to that. We'll get to yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, right, well, this may as well be a good point then to talk about the manga. So obviously you've read a bit further than I have at this point. But uh, so, so what are your your thoughts on the adaptation so far? Um, I'm going to be honest. Like, I think I preferred the movie adaptation over the manga. Okay. Uh, because I, you know, I'm generally a purist, and like I like to read the original material, and I generally find the original material more satisfying, more engaging. Um, the manga is just very all over the place. Yeah, it's like, well, we're following this story, then we're gonna hop over to this story, and like the the 
plot elements that they adapted to this movie, some like you know the 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 boyfriend character, he's only in like a, the second book, you know, and even then he's only like got small cameo roles, and his story wraps up super super quick. But here, like in the movie, like they really fleshed it out, like. Yeah, she kind of knew him. He was in the town, and they had a few interactions here and there. I actually really bought that these two were like, yeah, these two would have been friends. These two actually did grow to care for each other. They both really saw the struggle they were both in, and they wanted to help each other out. I actually bought it. I wasn't a fan of it, but I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> because I saw the trailers where I'm like, oh, this looks like one of those forced romances and all that. And I... They yes, it turns into a romance, but I felt like it was a natural romance versus like forcing it upon the two. Like they both had enough time just as friends to where they finally progressed into a relationship. Yeah, yeah, and I, I did, I did follow it, and I, I did enjoy that Alita when sort of learning about some of the things he did, like did struggle with them, but was still like. Still, her enough that she was like, yeah, I know you did these things, but you you did it to get to this place that you want to go to, and I still want your dream to come true, type thing. So like she's mm-hmm. she's relatively young enough. I mean, she's effectively was born like a few days ago. Cause yeah. So it's like she was even though she's like three hundred years old, she's still got like the mind of like a teenager. Yeah. So she she's. She's not mature enough in those respects that uh, that she's fully able to you know, react the way that you know a thirty-year-old would under those circumstances. No, but like, uh, so like in the manga, like it literally goes like, "I had this crush on this kid," and then they show uh, the whole plot line with Vector and all that. That just it all is occurs over just a few small chapters. And then it just progresses into like the where he finally gets his head cut off and all that and gets a body. It's just like bam, 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 chapter after chapter. Here it felt like it was slowly. We are slowly in the, the the. They took a lot of creative liberties with the characters, and I felt like the creative liberties actually served to help the story more and help to flesh out the world better. Yeah, I mean, it was because it was good Vector to show up. To later, and I actually like preferred Vector's character just kind of popping up here and there, like that to establish. Like in the comic, he just kind of shows up and like, oh yeah, he's just this big league guy, and you're supposed to take it as that. But here we saw him playing the role; he was being that character, and you have to see him being like the villainous dude here, here at this moment, at this moment, this moment. So you actually bought that he had been established as this black market stealer that he had been here for a long time, and he's moving up in the world. Yeah, and it was interesting as well because Vector, it was quite clear, has been a force in this area for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And then he's taken over for most of the time we see him by Nova. And there are even some times where you see him on screen and you're not 100% sure if he's Vector or Nova at the beginning of a scene. You figure mm-hmm. it out fairly quickly but uh but it, it was interesting to have a character that and it obviously it was a good way of showing just how much power nova has that it, well it's it, just crazy to think like when you when we've both read the manga nova doesn't show up at all in the first two volumes uh, so 
I like the idea that they were like t- they they found ways to tease this character and his role in the future things because as I've learned from just researching the source material that he does play a huge role in the story. So I like the idea of like rather than just like the characters popping up like let's just tease him here and there. We'll show that he has this power. Like I like when like what I've been alluding to is where we slowly reveal what the power structure in this world is. What is these like when I came away from this movie, I understood the world, I understood the myths, the legends, I understood the social class system, I understood why people got to where they are and why they're there. And it was just kind of through background information. They didn't shove it in my face. They were just very smart about how they planted the seeds, and I understood how this world really worked through natural integration. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, can't, can't really put it better myself. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Like yeah. it's just it's funny because like when I read material, it just hops all over the daggone place, and I get really really annoyed because after I read the or watched the movie, now watch read this comic, and I go, man, this pacing is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> but when I go like let's see, when I read through the comic, I was just like, oh wow, this this is way more violent than I thought it'd be. What because I watched the movie, I was like, well, the comic can't be this violent. And I found I was like, no, it's actually more violent. <laughs> It's like quite more gruesome in the comic than it is in the in the movie. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that person's face just got smashed in. Uh, like the I, I, like the whole body scene, um, like uh, how Alita. Like I was really shocked. Like when I watched the movie, like okay, she has this body, has all these intricate carvings, and I'm reading the comic, and the way we find out how she gets her arms is there's a creature killing these ladies, and like you find out all of a sudden that he. Uh, uh, the the doctor has those got those robot arms. He's slowly building her over time, versus just he had the body. I kind of like where they just took the he that he had the body just because of his daughter, versus the whole he just kind of hobbled her together. Yeah, it was interesting the the thing that they had there where it was that the body and we see there was the daughter. There was something that was changed from the manga that I am okay with. Because it it gave it gave the character of Ido like it was way more of showing him caring that much about Alita. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I believe, and unless I'm unless I'm getting it completely wrong, I believe that in the manga that Alita or Gally as it is in the manga was mm. the name of his cat. Yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. Let like if that was the case in the film, it would have been more of a funny thing than something that oh he's putting he's putting this name onto onto her now, and it's like okay, so it's almost a almost like a second chance for him to be to be the dad to be a father. Yeah. Wasn't able to be anymore. So no, but you. So let's talk about Ido for a sec. Like uh, when he was I. So I was really stunned. They're like, okay, so this guy's a bounty hunter and a doctor. What's up with this? <laughs> and then when I read the manga, like they really they talk about how like I was like, it seems weird that he has this blood, like blood lot. I like I believe more that he seeks out vengeance to as a way to uh, get his anger out. And the manga's like, I just secretly liked killing people. I did, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, that's why I like the creative liberties they took with this. Like. In the manga, he just likes killing people. <laughs> That's the simple yeah. short of it. It's like, I just like hunting people and killing them. 
I don't know how else to tell people, but I do. <laughs> Hearing this, like, I lost my daughter, and I sought out my vengeance, and then I turned it into a living. It's like, I can believe that more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, it's something that I think that would have... I can fully understand why they didn't put that in the film, because that would have been one too many cases of, I think, just corruption corrupting everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> the it's something you see every now and again is that there there can never be someone who is wholly good yeah and whereas in this film i think really the the only two people that you can say are okay three technically but one of them barely gets any screen time the only three people you can say are just like wholly good people that are genuinely like they don't really seem to have any like any traits to them that are like quite bad, and they are Alita and Ido and Ido's assistant, who you only see a couple of times, but she seems fine. Like, yeah, which I think uh, from the manga, they just took that really grumpy old man and turned her into his, that female African American woman. It's like, oh, okay, I'm okay with it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, that character didn't really play a role, so it's like. Uh, if we're going to recast it and change it, like, all right, fine, do it. <laughs> yeah, why the hell not? <laughs> nice, yeah. No, but, like, uh, you know what scene really caught me off guard? Like, thinking of the manga versus this, like, I love that scene where he just feeds her an orange. Yeah. I really was sh- – like, here, the the comic, they don't really play up, like, her disco- – like, kind of rediscovering who she is. That I felt like that was a very intimate moment in the scene for her to just, like, oh – I really like this orange and I really like chocolate, like letting her discover bits and parts of her humanity and her body, I guess through like these small little scenes that doesn't happen in the manga at all. It's like, yep, I'm just a bounty hunter and I, I just go about my business. I have this rocking body. I'm going to go kill now. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I did enjoy that. And especially when it, it comes back, so you've got that scene where he feeds her the orange and you're know, super into it, it's really enjoying it. Yeah, and then later when Hugo asks, like, you know, so what, what's your favorite food? and she just goes, um, Do you have any chocolate? Orange, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I think the only food she's ever had, <laughs> and it's like, okay, no, we're not letting this stand, chocolate. Yeah. I did. I like that scene. It's like, do you have any chocolate? <laughs> I thought it was just. Uh, it was a cute moment. It's like, okay, I can get behind this. Yeah, and, and that Edo was just like, you can tell he'd never said anything, but you can just tell in his face, like, how do you know about chocolate? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, here's the thing that the manga does better than the movie, though, and then. Kind of sad that we didn't really see it because you, you were talking about like him being the bounty hunter, which is cool when we finally discovered it. But in the comic, he's like way more capable. He can actually <laughs> hold his own here. He's like, I might get a hit or two in and then I fall on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I feel like they weren't really sure what to do and they wanted Alita to just come in and save him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's like, if he was someone that was going out and being a bounty hunter, he would have been able to do a bit more than he did in the film. Yeah. yeah he, like, even just being, he was 
ganged up on by what it was it was three three people but only fighting one at a time <laughs> and he, he still was having trouble with a rocker powered hammer <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh which you know i swear i've seen before like something very very similar to that i just can't place it right now it was like Name twenty anime has probably been in it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. It's just it was just with that. I mean, maybe I'm getting flashbacks to Scott Pilgrim versus the World, with, uh, um, <laughs> which uh, that's a fantastic film. Yeah, with Ramona and her giant mallet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go watch that sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, I need to rewatch that too. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, uh, yeah. So Ito was. I, I, I liked how they treated his character. They treated yeah. him with respect. Even though he was this... He's essentially the father figure. Because uh, in the manga, they really treat him up to, like, I'm just training her to be a, a doll. And then she confronts him about it, and he's like, okay, I can't treat you like a doll. He's like, <laughs> okay, she's not my daughter, but I have these positive feelings toward her. And I might over uh, put my will occasionally, but he does let her be an adult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it it is interesting to see because yeah, he clearly he clearly just wants to protect her, and yet as the film goes <laughs> He's on, <the> him. <laughs> yeah, he realizes that as much as he wants to protect her, the way she is, like he's never going to be able to. So he comes to accept that if he can't protect her the way he wants, he's going to help her. Yeah, as much as he can. So it was. Uh, it was it was good, it was good yeah. to see that, and um, I I think the only other thing that we can really cover here, um, what did you think of the big robot fighting league? Effectively, the, was it the uh, was it? yeah, I liked it. The, I, <laughs> I I like I said, I've always appreciated this world. They really fleshed out. And this is something that people would do for fun. They fleshed out like this world has bounty hunters. There's no guns. There's, you know, people, uh, robots just hunting other criminals and taking them out. Um, I, but the the you know not the so much the the ball scenes, but like I appreciate like just the scenes in general how they're choreographed. I always believe what was going on on screen. It's like yeah, I can believe a bunch of robots are just murdering each other on screen for the entertainment of the masses in the hopes of going up to, uh, what was it, Z- Zalem? Zalem? Uh, Zalem in this, yeah. yes. So like, oh, yeah, I can buy this world. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it was interesting to watch because going into when she's trying out for Motorball and you, you realize that literally everyone else on the track is going to be trying to kill her. Yeah. And it's like, okay, how is she going to get out of this? Because we know she's going to. It's only halfway through the film. They can't help that. Like, you know. I'm still surprised, like, how... Because um, as soon as I discovered... When I figured out, I was like, okay, we're going to incorporate the scene where uh, her boyfriend's just on the run, and she's got to compete in this competition, and Ron's like, okay, this feels kind of forced. But actually, like, as the scene was playing out, I go... This feels natural. Yeah. <laughs> I, at first I was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be one of these four scenes. Like, I'll, I'll finish the race, then I'll run out to him, and then I'll catch up to him, and I'll be too late. I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. 
Um, but much to my surprise, they're like, nope, we're going straight to the church. Uh, she's going to go find him um, and then help protect him as much as she can. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I, I, I have to give you credit. I actually bought this whole setup and this scene and this fight. And um, one thing I, I found kind of funny is that when they end up going outside, the commentator is still going on about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is not, well, I they think we've ever seen that before. And then it's like, you, then it, that's just over. You can't yeah. hear that anymore. <laughs> just be like, oh no, what? What do I talk about now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like he, he's so excited. Like this is something we've never seen before. And then like, if you actually think about it, like he's gonna watch these people leave and then realize there's nobody left on the field. <laughs> and uh, like that's it. It's just a, uh, next round like cut in. I'm not quite sure what you, where you go from there but, uh, yeah but yeah it, it was it was good to see that rather than be that thing I was like oh no I'm gonna defeat all these guys win the race and then race off it was like nope like yeah you know, this is clearly yeah you know, for her the second she realizes he's in trouble getting out is her number one priority so, so yeah it, nice. can, we, can we talk about the one force scene where like he goes to his friends like i'm out guys i have to leave this so, like <laughs> you couldn't have done this any other time any other time okay, he he had to do it in person uh, because there's no way of contacting someone <laughs> outside of that yeah, you know, we don't see that at all. Any other way. No. <laughs> not like he calls Alita on the phone when she's in the middle of something. Yeah. Um, it has to be when they're in the middle of trying to kidnap a robot and take yeah, these parts, it's... and it has to be like, at this point in the film. It's like, no, sorry, Mate, this, yeah, this... that's that's when I was like, this is the... nope, nope, hard nope. <laughs> It's like, yeah, the rest of the film pacing works really well, and they they've got everything down, and then yeah, that is the point of the film where everything does kind of just grind to a halt for a second, and then it kicks back up when yeah. he escapes and Zapan is now going after him. Uh, but it was like you couldn't just have had Zapan go to him and just not bother with him saying I'm out because. At the point that the pan is after him, it doesn't matter whether he's in or not. Like, though I I won't lie, when his friend gets cut in half, I'm like, whoa! I didn't <laughs> see that coming. That yeah. escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's one of the very few times in the film where you actually see a human a human person dying. Not only just a human, he brutally died, man. Like, just straight up, you just get cut in half. Yeah, it's like, yeah, zip, you're done. So should we just talk about how we felt at the end of the day after we watch it? Like, do we feel better having seen this, or do we say that it's a hard skip? Very last thing, yeah, we we didn't... Oh, sorry. We, I was like, we didn't mention it in the thing, and we were skirting around oh, yeah. it the entire thing. Yeah, so in the end, we finally get to actually see Nova. Yes. And it's Edward Norton. <laughs> okay. I When I saw that was him, I'm like... Okay, if you had a sequel, I bet you can get a ton of people in for that. Yeah. Because... Uh, yeah. Edward Norton as an immortal mad scientist. Like, yeah, I, I think that could work quite well. 
No, and I especially like, uh, you know what was funny? Like, we get to the end, and I saw all the trailers and her in that, like, purple outfit and all that. I'm like, that looks dumb. But really, when you get to that scene in the movie, it's like, no, that felt right. Because, like, that's after her spending months and months burning her way up in the ranks to get that one spot that takes them up to Zalem. Like, okay, I bought this scene right here, right now, that she's, like, basically pointing her sword up to the sky, like, I'm coming for you. It's like, okay, I was into this. Yeah, and, it, and that was the thing as well. Like they had it in the trailer, and and it was that thing of like I sat through the whole film. And I was like, well, th- I you get to the the point where you're getting right to the end. It's like, okay, this is clearly an end of the film shot now because there's no other place it could fit. Uh, but it was still cool to see because now I finally got it. There, there, yeah. There's there are some trailers that show you the very end of film, and it just feels like. Oh, you spoiled it, or it just doesn't feel earned when you actually get to watch it. But yeah, being able to see everything that led up to it, and then see her get onto the platform and light up the sword, which was just fun to watch. <laughs> and and yeah, you you realize that no one in the crowd has any idea what what she's doing means. Yeah, but the one person that does know. Like is up there looking down at her as she does it, and so it was. It was cool. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the second one if they end up actually making it and getting that done, which I really hope they do. And uh, in case anyone hasn't figured it out from here, uh, yeah, I like this film. Um, <laughs> I, I would definitely recommend this to anyone who. Uh, few caveats you definitely have to like sci-fi and you have to be okay with a certain suspension of disbelief because no i don't think so because like i I feel like the world is set up in a way like you don't like one you're going to see a sci-fi film you have to have a suspension of disbelief right there there but like the world doesn't make you have to turn off your brain like if i go to see pacific rim you have to turn off your brain this movie you don't have to like you the movie you're watching is like let's just go like we're going to show you the world we're going to integrate you into the world we establish the rules the boundaries and the conduct i didn't come away thinking i had to turn off my brain it's like i was engaged in the movie that kept me thinking throughout it yeah i mean it uh i I guess what i what i kind of meant was and i I probably wasn't getting it across properly is uh um if it feels like if you're not fully following it, it feels like Alita has some of the best brand of plot armor in the world. <laughs> um, but yeah, re- realistically, it you know, as you read through the manga, and hopefully they get to explore it even further. Like the reason she's so good at what she does is because of the immense training and conditioning that she's gone through, and. The film doesn't give you that, except for a little snippet here and there. Yeah. So it's like you you feel like you're gonna have to suspend that disbelief, and then you start to realize, oh, like what they're doing is they're they're giving you enough to go on, so you're okay with it, and then hopefully they'll they'll. But she more wasn't a total Mary stuff. Sue, though. Oh no, 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 no. Like no. the fact that that whole scene where she gets just totally ripped in half i was like okay oh yeah and she has to like yank off the ground with one hand and stab a guy in the face like okay 
yeah, I mean, she, that's the thing, she, she fully earns that plot armor, if you want to call it that, or that suspended disbelief because of her as a character. And that's something you don't see a lot. You do, you can see a lot, especially in anime, you see a lot of people that have, you know, fantastic plot armor and there's no way they could get through what they do, but they do anyway. And they're just okay characters, whereas Alita is actually a phenomenal character to watch. And just the tenacity and drive that she has makes you perfectly okay with her surviving because you just want to see what she's going to do next. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, I, I hardly recommend it. What about you? I give it a recommendation on if you, one, like, if you like good action scenes. Mm-hmm. If you like the dystopian future yeah. and you want to see something that you've not seen before. Yeah. Because I can't I can't compare this to anything. Can you yeah, name I mean, any movie with like this type of with this type of universe with this kind of art style and decor? I'm like, you know what? I, I can recommend it. Like if you're wanting something totally different, I can't think of anything else that's similar to this. Yeah, I mean um as I as I touched on before, the only thing I can think of that this reminds me of is Ghost in the Shell. And anyone that knows me knows that that is a very, very, very good thing. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm perfectly fine with this reminding me of Ghost in the Shell. And I, because uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Ghost in the Shell is my favorite anime of all time. So... But is the movie good? <laughs> uh, you mean the, the three... Anime movies, yes, those are very good. <laughs> I don't know what no, else you could talking be about. Referring Scarlett to. Johansson, come on, man. Fuck that film. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, let's be serious for a minute, though. This movie is probably the most faithful manga manga adaptation I've ever seen, and when it takes creative liberties, it does it for the better. Yeah, I, it it's one of those things where I was genuinely surprised having read a little bit of the manga now like at just how well they did that as well as adapting it for audiences that have that have never read the manga that might never read the manga and just for general you know adapting written to live action type thing so it was it was very well done and i i will say uh Possibly on par with, let's say, the uh, series of unfortunate events adaptation, in as far as taking the source material, being as close as possible, and then like being able to to go your own way with it, mm-hmm. and still and still in getting the feel of it down. Yeah, I would argue that this is better than the actual the the original source material. I still argue that that. I have more fun watching this than I did reading it. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Like actually reading it, um, you do get the problem with some mangas where, especially in an action scene, it can be a little difficult to tell exactly what's going on. Um, and uh, especially with Alita, uh, some of the scenes I've seen, there's a lot of scenes where it's like, okay, I think I've got what's happened here. Uh, yeah. So I'm fairly certain I'm following this, and they have a lot of the big action shots and stuff like that, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, the the film definitely uh, has the the right look to it, 
the sharpness to it so you can really see what's going on and just a fluidity mm-hmm. to it that was very nice to watch so so yeah i i also agree that i think this is better like watching this is more enjoyable to me than reading the manga which is yeah, usually not always the case no yeah so sometimes not. i mean uh, uh the let's see try, trying to think of um uh something that's the other way around like uh naruto i had as much fun reading the manga as i did watching the show uh and i that's with the caveat that i didn't watch any of the fillers so I'm... <laughs> you didn't slog through that horrible 300 episodes log that i did no i did not uh i i was informed before i started watching naruto when naruto ended based on the manga and when uh, uh like, and how to skip straight to shippuden so i watched naruto from beginning of the series to where the manga finished and i even cut out the filler that's in between that and went straight to shippuden so it was uh yeah i ha- and i had as much fun watching the show as i did reading the manga but yeah this so yeah definitely more fun watching this so <laughs> and I, I don't think there's um uh any high recommendation you can give for an uh manga slash anime adaptation no like yeah i i'll admit that i can't i not the biggest fan of the movie, but on its own merits, I still recommend it to people. Like just because it wasn't for me, uh, I still would say like I wouldn't discourage people from saying like, know what, this is still a solid like. For me, I'd say it's a solid seven out of ten. If you're, I oh, wait, was you, your scale negative uh, seven? Uh, the, yeah, we we've done away with that for now. <laughs> okay, so I'd say it's a solid seven out of ten. But like on its own merits. If I were to like to the general audience, like if it, with a different taste and all that, I think you could get like a solid eight out of it. Like I really think it's a solid story with well done graphics. I wasn't a fan of like the way they did with the the, the main lead, just from like the anime eyes and all that. But I could appreciate how solid they stuck to the reality of the world, how much they were committed to it, and the pacing and how they set it all up. I wasn't ever like, why are we here? What's going on here? How do we end up over here? Everything felt like a natural cohesive story that was engaging and in a way that was enthralling that you wanted to see where it was going to the end. You didn't feel bored through it. No, definitely not. Yeah, I I think that's pretty much... uh... That's pretty much all we can say about this film, then. Uh, say more, more. <laughs> <laughs> now we should probably let the people go. But, uh, all right, folks. That's all, folks. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, if you enjoyed listening to what we said and uh, want to get a hold of us about it, once again, you can get a hold of us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blokebusters, or you can even email us at theblokes at blokebusters.com because... Uh, well, we have an email. May as well get people to try and use it. So, <laughs> uh, so yes, I, I think uh, with all of that being said, uh, I've been Paul. I've been Pat. And see you next time. Bye. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Hang on a minute, lads. I've got a great idea. Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. You're still here? It's over. Go home.
go.